This is Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast number 23. Wow, what just happened? Hi, my name is Thomas Miller. Do you ever get hit with something so hard that you're left wondering what in the world just hit you? It's beyond deer in the headlights. It's stunned, shocked, drained, and wondering how in the world could that have just taken place? Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. This is a podcast where we talk about programming your subconscious mind. And I have to tell you that I have just experienced something that I've never experienced before. Certainly not to this degree. I was on the way to the office Monday morning, and the phone rang as I was a mile away from the office. It was the family of a very good friend of mine who had said that they found him that morning in a very intoxicated stupor that he had spent most of the weekend that way, evidently. He was talking irrationally, and there were conversations of ending it all. I did a U-turn, obviously. Headed to his home and found my friend in about the condition that they had described, definitely not in his right mind, not able to walk, not able to drive, not able to communicate effectively, and certainly not rational. He had gotten his hands on a plethora of prescription medications combined with alcohol, and that's what produced the existing state. What happened the rest of that day and the lessons from it are what I wanted to talk about in this podcast because it was such a classic, over-accentuated example of everything that we've talked about in these podcasts. I spent the entire day listening, trying to be a friend, feeling that sometimes I was on the border of pandering to his story and to all of his dysfunctionality. And then finally, at the end of the day, because of his refusal and fighting and everything else, we had no place else to go with him except to an inpatient treatment, uh, psychological treatment facility, where he went through about three hours of intake, completely turned around, straightened himself up, became completely coherent, and put the absolute schmooze on these people like you've never seen in your life, and then refused to admit himself. So the only option we had left was to take him back home. There's no law against blowing your life up. And from the unfolding texts over the last couple of days, evidently that's exactly what he's doing. Between the time I got the call and the time we finally dropped him off at home was about 16 hours, I guess, of elapsed time. Emotionally draining, as you can imagine. I've never held the arm of somebody who was dangling over the cliff. Combined with just the emotional drain of knowing that it's not resolved and far from over. The next morning, I got an email about somebody else very close to me who is having not as serious and over-accentuated of an issue, but an issue that I'm weighs very heavily on my mind. And then, not 30 minutes after that, I was in a staff meeting at my office telling the people where I was on Monday, and one of my employees started crying. And it came out that her mom is suicidal. So in the span of about 26 hours, look at the incredible things that came to me in just wave after wave after wave. And I'll tell you, the energy of it was the universe tapping me on my shoulder saying, come here, I've got something for you. There's some business here that you need to attend to. 
So that was the wave, the just the water coming over the bow. That's what happened. Let's go back to the first example. My friend on Monday, where I got the call and found him in the stupid condition. There's a component, really, I guess the trigger, the ultimate trigger that got him to that place. He's had a series of about six months of negative things happening, just life happening. None of them catastrophic, none of them life-threatening, but just a negative series of about six months of kind of domino, one thing after another. But then, back in April, he was diagnosed with a non-aggressive stage of prostate cancer. And to his credit, facing his mortality, that was the main trigger. It was the catalyst of what culminated on Monday. I knew that he wasn't doing well. I had invited him to listen to these podcasts. I've tried to encourage him on a personal level. I've tried to point him to other areas where he might seek help, all to no avail. And that presents the ultimate question that I wanted to put out to you and ask you to help me from your perspective. What are the triggers that it would take for someone to address the deep issues of their life? Maybe what was the trigger for you? You know, if you've listened to some of the other podcasts, what it was for me. It was a second divorce at age 47. That was the bottom that it took for me to start to examine my life and to really make some radical changes. What was it for you? I'd love to know, or I'd love to know your thoughts on what it would take to invite someone else to change. You know, at the end of the three-hour intake process at this psych inpatient facility, the guys looked at us and they said, you know, we can't contain your friend. He's not to that point. He's not threatening himself or society. There's no law against blowing your life up. Uh, That's my parentheses. And all we were left with is to take him home. What is it that would trigger somebody to take action? What are your thoughts? I'd love to hear them. Email me at thomas at subconsciousmindmastery.com or you can you could put your thoughts in the comment box on the website at subconsciousmindmastery.com. I really would love to know your thoughts because really it's the extension of these podcasts and it's the direction that I want to take my own life is into an area of being able to help other people who are hopefully way before they get to the point that my friend was on Monday. But I was having dinner with my son last night, and we were contemplating this question, and he really got it that if we could come up with an answer to this question, how do you – what is the point that would trigger people to action to take a look at their lives and shift in an empowering way before they hit the bottom? And my son was even appreciating the fact that if you could come up with that answer, what a difference it would make in the world. And this is what I'm wanting to dedicate myself to is creating material based on my own story. It's a pretty prolific story, and it certainly applies lockstep with my friend who I dealt with on Monday. It's all the same stuff. We're all dealing with the same factors and elements of life. They come in different packages and different flavors, but it's basically all the same stuff. And honestly, I think I'd rather be somebody who has said, man, I hit bottom a couple of times, bounced back up and look at my life. It's great now than I would be somebody who never admits to having had a problem like that and tries to theoretically tell me how you can have a great life. I don't know. That's beside the point. But I know my story is what it is, and that's what's created these podcasts. And I really have a passion and a burning desire to take this out to the world. Now, there are a couple of thoughts related to this situation, and then I have some conclusions that I wanted to uh, to draw. And I have to tell you, I'm still in the deer-in-the-headlights shocked mode. I have not processed through this, but sometimes doing these podcasts for me 
is as therapeutic for myself as it is contribution to you. So with your permission, I would like to indulge in a little bit of self-therapy here, if you don't mind. <laughs> and we'll, we'll leave the mic on and you can listen in. So one of the thoughts that I had about this is here's a man with prostate cancer, recently diagnosed, but the real issue is he has thoughts cancer. I was originally thinking brain cancer, but obviously there really is brain cancer and not to confuse it with thoughts cancer because the magnitude of the story of these thoughts that had swirled around and around in his mind was no different than a tumor that had grown out of control inside his body. You know, depression is one of those ironic human diseases where our thoughts, which could heal us, spiral out of control and literally kill us. And that's what my friend was doing all day long, was swirling these thoughts that, he, that were consuming him, and he couldn't think past them. Now, if you've known depression, known somebody who is depressed or have studied depression at all, you know that there are a couple of primary brain chemicals that transmit emotional information through the brain, serotonin and dopamine. Serotonin and dopamine don't easily replenish. It's not like you're, if you cut your skin, your, your skin scabs and then eventually heals. It's not like that with serotonin and dopamine. They will replenish. They will stabilize again, but it, it's not from a regrowth process. It's a rebalancing process. And that's where diet, removal of alcohol, exercise, sleep are the key ingredients to restoring dopamine and serotonin or IE emotional health balance as quickly as possible. So not only does the brain spiral these thoughts into thoughts cancer, it also doesn't have the, the chemical capability to regulate or normalize those thoughts. And that's obviously the diagnosis of clinical depression. There are antidepressants that can help reboost the serotonin and dopamine levels quicker but during the process, the body is it's almost like somebody drowning in a pool, drowning in water. You, you are fighting against the water instead of relaxing it and rolling over and throwing your head back and floating on the water. You fight against the water, and that's what causes you to ultimately drown quicker. And that's what I saw my friend doing was just he was drowning in a, an ocean of negative thinking. And because his brain chemistry chemicals were depleted, he had not the – it was like his muscles were locked up or fatigued as though he had jumped into cold water and, and it just had muscle atrophy where he couldn't fight against it. I mean, it's just it's, – it's, it was an amazingly sad situation to see. The reason that we knew it was like this is because we asked him to make a list of everything that was bothering him. If we, we were saying, if we could take care of everything for you – Give us the list. What would we be working on for you to get it done so that you wouldn't have to worry about it? And it was really pretty minor stuff. I have to tell you, in the scope of analyzing it from the outside in and with normal brain processing, there wasn't anything on the list that couldn't be handled with some organization, coordination, and a few days' time to get it executed. So that's the point is the thinking, it's the thoughts, it's the, you know, our lives are driven by our thoughts. Our behavior is 100% driven by the way that we think. 
The other big thing that I noticed was just the sheer resistance. You remember I've said several times in here, the if you really want to advance your life, the fastest way possible is give up as much resistance as you possibly can. That's the way to move forward the quickest. Quit fighting against everything. This is the biggest key or the biggest barrier to your growth. And this guy was just fighting and kicking and everything. Look, we were his friends taking the day off work, driving all over Dallas-Fort Worth trying to help this guy. And all he did all day long was fight and kick and everything that we tried to suggest. He had some reason to come back that, no, that won't work. And here's why. And blah, 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 blah. Resistance, resistance, resistance. It was as though he were buried up in the castle of his mind and he had drawn up the drawbridge and he was going to bury up in there and with hot oil and fire, he was going to fight off any attackers. And I've thought about that reflective to my own progress and where really when I finally dealt with resistance and got resistance laid down, it almost took a parabolic rise. It's really amazing how fast things move when you let things go. Okay, I grabbed a piece of paper and just jotted down some random thoughts. Like I said, this is almost self-therapy, decompression for me. So here's what I wrote down. Number one, it is so critically important who we choose to spend our time with. You know the saying that you become the average of the five people with whom you spend the most time. Take a look at the influences in your life because that is who you are. It is unavoidable. The next thing is, and I'd like to camp here for just a minute, we've already touched on it, but your thoughts are your life. And to me, that makes it so important to analyze, scrutinize, and evaluate every thought that comes through your mind. Make sure that your thoughts are advancing you. Replace every negative thought with a positive thought. Turn it around 180 degrees if you don't know any place else to go with it. Just just look at the thought, the negative thought for where it is and find the 180 degree opposite and just go there. You won't go wrong. The other thing is you need a sounding board. You need some people close in in your life who you can ask to be accountability partners with you to listen as you communicate and to where you give them freedom and space to let them point out where you are making negative comments and let it be okay. Let them tell you because that's the listening. They are hearing what you're saying and if it doesn't show up for them as completely positive and moving you in the direction that you say that you're committed to going, let them tell you that. And if you're working with a therapist or a counselor or a coach who is not busting your chops every time you open your mouth almost, then I'll tell you, get a different one. My coach, I so love and appreciate her because every time we interact, if I'm not where I need to be, man, I feel really, really low after her feedback. I mean, she will bust me in the, well, she'll just smack me hard. Let's put it that way. And that's exactly what you need. Don't get somebody who will sit across the way and with their little notebook and look up and smile some cheesy grin with you and tell you it's going to be okay. No, that's not what you want. You want a true accountability partner who will catch you in your crap and turn you around and say, wait a minute, that's not what you told me you're committed to. Now, here are a couple of areas that I, that came up for me, at least in my past of where these negative thoughts expressed themselves where I 
didn't really catch them. These were kind of the blind spot areas. One was negative innuendos, where you throw a little negative at the end of an otherwise positive sentence. Yeah, the movie was great, but it was so long. Yes, I gave a great speech at Toastmasters, but I didn't win Best Speaker. I know, I've been working on my thoughts, and I get most of them right some of the time. Yes, I got a promotion and a raise, but I still don't like my job. You see, it's that little negative hook. It's that little thing that's usually ego-based, by the way. You can always catch it if it feeds the ego. But it's that little hook at the end of a sentence. Watch for that. Another big one for me is just making people wrong. Just flat conversation that makes other people wrong. Don't go there. If you find yourself saying something to somebody that you wouldn't say in their presence, or if it's something that makes them wrong in some way, belittles them, some character trait or personality trait or just, you know what I'm talking about. It's some way where you put somebody else down, especially in conversation with a third party. Catch that and simply remove it from your vocabulary. Several years ago, I decided there were a couple of words that I would stop using. One of them is the word hate. And now whenever I find myself saying that word, it just resonates in my head like like an echo because I, I wanted to remove that from my vocabulary. Well, in the same way, if you find yourself talking about other people negatively, just make a commitment to remove it from your vocabulary. Another one is self-abasement. This kind of goes along with the first point, but it's where you just throw in, again, that little thing about yourself where you put yourself down. So number one was really maybe more something about life itself. This might be more about you. It might be a little negative about your hair color or your weight or your health or your job or something about you. For me, this was always a little prideful comment. It was really something where I was saying something negative, but the real purpose was to draw attention to myself. Watch for that and have someone else watch for that with you. This was one of the first areas that my coach helped get rid of for me. She pointed that out. It was a mirror. She caught me in about it two or three times using it, and then we just disappeared it. It was gone. Now, here's another area of negative conversation that's more, uh, this is more character than it is just these little throwouts, but that is, oh, woe is me, all is bad. If you have a perspective that everything around you is bad and negative, Family, this is, again, what I listened to all day Monday was how bad life was. And if you have that perspective about how negative it is at home, and I'm talking about maybe not thoughts that you express even verbally, but thoughts that you think that might not ever make it out into space are still programming your subconscious. And I will tell you, my friend on Monday was just spewing out how bad everything around him was. He had created such a bad swirl of negativity that it will take him a long time to see life from a different perspective. So guard your thoughts, for from your thoughts indeed come the rest of your life. Okay, here's a third perspective. Are you a creator or do you respond? My friend on Monday was purely in the reaction mode to everything. He wasn't creating one thing except a swirl down a drain. If you truly embrace the fact that you can create your reality through your thinking, through reprogramming your subconscious mind, through inviting instead of reacting, if you truly embrace that you are a creator, it makes all the difference in the world of how you view every moment of your day. When you are in the reaction mode, when you're up in it, when you're on it, 
you don't you can't create creating goes out the window but when you realize that you are a creator and that you are the captain of the ship and that you do direct your outcome through the way that you think every minute of every day that something is always moving into form whatever it is and you embrace that positively and start creating positive thoughts in the direction that you want to go knowing that it takes time to manifest and knowing that there's the law of polarity that's going to take you around to the negative side of things and you're going to be challenged and tested and only then do you experience the good. It's not a linear progression. It's not a snap your fingers and see things happen. That's not the way that the universe works. Study the seven laws of the universe and then see how you apply that to manifesting and it just opens up a whole new perspective. When you are a creator, then you dance in the world of creating and life becomes an adventure, a frolic, a fun, wonderful, adventurous experience. The fourth point that I noted down was who is supporting you in your growth? Friends, coach, counselor, advisor, a team around you, books, audios, seminars. Do you have a coach, someone who will really kick you in the teeth? (laughs) Especially someone when you know you're up in it, doesn't leave you feeling very good about it. Or better yet, somebody that you're resisting a lot. If you have a sounding board in your life of somebody who is pointing things out, and you're just constantly resisting, 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 that's perfect. That's exactly what you want. Go to that resistance and dissolve it. Get rid of it. Figure out what's underneath it. Commit that you are not going to hold on to that anymore. That's the kind of person that you want, somebody that will bring up reactions in you because that's where your remaining issues lie. Number five, what are your unresolved issues? You know, when I started working with a coach, I knew that I had come about 75 or 80% of the way through the various resources and programs that I had done myself. But I knew that there was that extra little bit that I knew was going to take some extra work to get through. And I hired a tough coach and boy, has it made all the difference in the world. Now, here's where this is so subtle, because my friend and I have had a great relationship for about five years, and I knew him as a really good friend, as a, as a confidant, and we would have lots of, spend lots of time together, and honestly, I didn't see it. I didn't see how narcissistic he was, and how the, how the narcissism had built up to a house of cards. He kept that very well masked from everybody. This has been a really big surprise. And this is what I'm telling you is you can only be honest with you. Only you know what's really deep down inside. You know if you have some unresolved, deep, tough issues that need to be worked out. You know what's real and what isn't when you get really honest with yourself. And this is why accountability is so important because this guy was headed down a certain path and that path seemed to be a good path, but it had a Trojan horse built into it. So you have to look closely at what are you building? Where is it really leading you? What is the end game? Run out the course of what you're doing now and all the components, all the dark side, you really have to get honest with the dark side and play that out and say, if I continue on this path, where is it going to take me? And obviously thinking about how your kids and your wife and your home and everything else is driving you crazy. If those thoughts are present in your mind, that's what I'm talking about. Catch a hold of that and realize where that will take you and know that it is not in a positive direction. 
The last point is the role of the identity, the role of the capital I identity, the ego. Because again, Monday, it was all about him. His whole life was built around him. Monday was all about him. Two guys who were two best friends who were giving up their workday to help support him and try to get him healthy. He was just fighting and trashing and everything all built around himself. It was such an ugly portrayal of the identity and the ego. It really got to the point at the end of the day where it was just sickening and exhausting. So the questions that come to mind, what drives you? What are you serving? Here was a fiefdom that was built all around this guy where he had become the center of his universe. Like I said, it was like a castle with a drawbridge and throwing hot oil over the sides against anybody who would come against his little world, his kingdom. So what is the center of your universe and mine? Are we serving others? Are we serving humankind? Or are we building it all around ourselves? What's the pulse check on what you and I are really serving? Is it us or is it something greater than ourselves? Well, those are the thoughts that I had initially. Thank you for letting me share them. I do hope that in almost talking to myself that it has been an equal benefit to you as well. I would look forward to hearing from you, your thoughts on how other people might be triggered or how it would take something less than a bottom like this to turn one's life around. I really would appreciate those thoughts. My name is Thomas Miller, and in light of Monday, it really almost chokes me up to say, how important it is to enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.